and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And away your hosts. This week we watched Hustlers, directed by Lorraine Scafaria and released in 2019. The plot of Hustlers goes something like this. Inspired by the viral New York Magazine article, Hustlers follows a crew of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. And as we usually do, we will do a spoiler-free section up front to tell you whether we think you should see this movie. Katie, should people see this movie? Um, Yeah. Definitely. I think it's pretty great. It's really enjoyable. Um, I, I definitely got some Goodfellas vibes off it, mm. although it's a little less uh, um, self-important, I think, than Goodfellas and a little more uh, leaning on entertainment value than Goodfellas is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really engaging and entertaining and it keeps you kind of on the hook for the whole movie, mm. um, which is really cool. I think the pacing was really good. I think the the whole movie was really well made and everybody's great in it, so... Yeah, yeah, I agree. Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies, and I def I got a good Goodfellas vibe off this movie. Yeah. Very much enjoyed it. As everyone everywhere has been saying, Jennifer Lopez is fantastic in this. I thought Constance Wu did a really good job as well, and I was so excited to see Julia Stiles again. Um, and you know, a bunch of others who we'll, we'll talk about as well. But I feel like I've just seen her in something, Julia Stiles. Yeah, maybe I'm. I don't know. I'm just always so excited to see Julia Stiles. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because of 10 things but yeah uh yeah no i think go see hustlers if you can um as to um spoilers i think the plot plot is fairly reasonably well known this is based on a real bunch of strippers who started um drugging and fleecing their clients and um i just thought it was good it was good fun like this is the way you do a movie about criminals Mm. you like there's got to be that level of sympathy with them and i think this one does it really well Anyway, I don't really have much non-spoilery to say about it other than it's really good and it's really fun and I like it. So yeah. let's I guess, get into the spoilers. Move into spoilers. Sure. Um, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, like you said, I, uh, even without, you know, the story being fairly well known and stuff, this hits a lot of familiar beats mm. in terms of the, you know, rise and fall of a group of criminals and how their empire is built and how it collapses yeah, and all like that Yeah, like it says that the, the IMDb summary that I read at the start says that this was a viral article. I didn't read the article um, and don't, didn't, don't know about these women, but it didn't really matter. It was – we know how this story goes and it mm. goes exactly as you think it will. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and it's not – yeah, there's not a lot of surprises in store exactly. Mm. Um, it's more just you're along for the ride with – these women as they go about their business. Also, crime doesn't happen till a long way into the movie. Yes. Um, I feel lot. like it's more than or close to halfway through the movie that they mm. – like it's not a second act suddenly. No. This is happening thing. It's no, a you, good way in. You really got to know the world, their world as strippers and what mm. was going on and where, where they were coming from and who they were as people. Yeah. And it – it's also awesome and, you know, very female-focused and everything. Um, there's a surprising number of singers in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's all these people who can sing, and yet the only person who does sing is this one soprano who oh, comes yeah. in and Random. sings a song in the, like, in the dressing room at one point. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I mean, she had a great voice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but <laughs> um, also there was, like, Lizzo and Cardi B and, and, and obviously Kiki Jennifer Palmer. Lopez. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Um, mm. Kiki Palmer played Cinderella mm. in the... Broadway on, on, on Broadway. Broadway. So yeah, that was uh, it. Was funny to me that there were all these singers in it and they didn't get to sing. I was kind of hoping that I somehow that would be part of the act, but I guess that would be a bit too uh, burlesque or something for the movie. Yeah, I feel like that would have been on the nose, and yeah. I, I also feel like J Lo would have been like, "No, this is too on the nose." 
Mm, she might have. She seemed to definitely. There's a moment early on in the movie where um, Constance Wu says Ramona was always in control. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you could say exactly the same thing about Jennifer Lopez, I think, in this movie. She seems very in control of everything that's going on mm. in this movie and everything that, you know, all of how she's shown and everything. Yeah. And the, I mean, a lot of the talk about this movie has been about how Jennifer Lopez is a great hustler. Mm. Like her whole career, she's always working. She's she even, there's even a line in the movie about you don't have to be the best dancer, you just have to make their face move one inch. Mm. And Jennifer Lopez's kind of life, I mean, she's an excellent dancer. That's probably her biggest talent. But she um, she's never like the best actress or the best singer in the room. She's the hardest worker in the room. Mm. And that's always been her brand and this is absolutely her brand. I think she's good in this. Oh, yeah. Um, she's been good in a few things. Um, I think it's uh, not, much... not that she's not a bad actress no. or in any way. She's not bad at anything she does. She's But her – thing is not like the most natural talent it's the most hard work Mm. and she works really hard to do this yes and she clearly works very hard on a lot of other stuff too because oh my god she looks unbelievable she is 50 years old the mother of twins yeah and that scene the the criminal the Fiona Mm. Apple's criminal scene which um widely talked about in reviews of this film just I was like my god well, there's some things in that scene that she's not doing. Mm. Um, uh, the, there's a body double in there because there's some shots that you can see that they've tried to kind of uh. obscure her face in when she's doing the more athletic up on the pole stuff. Yeah. I'm sure like the stuff that she shows um, Constance Wu later, I'm sure she can do. But uh, yeah, there's a few bits when she's up on the pole that yeah. I'm sure were not her. Well, like, But she clearly did work. Like yes. she learned, yeah pole to do this role and she did a really good job i mean yeah. i mean as talented and um experienced a dancer as she is she there would have been some of that she'd been able to pick up without too much trouble and the way she moves mm. you can just sort of tell the way she moves versus the way constance Wu moves throughout the whole thing is always yeah like it's really um evident yeah but i mean that's that makes sense for the yeah. characters mm-hmm. as well there's actually the scene where she's teaching constance Wu the moves the way mm. they shoot constance Wu, and she's in that um, little outfit and she like leans over and and you know I just really enjoyed that yeah there was something really cool about like how they weren't trying to make her look cute or pretty or sexy in that moment she was just you know mm-hmm. um, doing athletic stuff and this with is her friend this is the thing I was telling you about um, I've just found it in my tabs an article about the hustlers and the female gaze which I haven't read yet because I didn't want to be spoiled for the movie ahead of it but in the back of my mind I was thinking about the gaze of the film and the mm. way it's it's shot by a woman and the way it shows the female gaze in a strip club uh, it, to me it shows a strip club like i've never really seen a strip club filmed before mm. the criminal scene is shot a little bit differently a little bit more traditionally but the opening sequence well, the goodfellas sequence where we follow constance Wu through the yeah. club as she does goes about like getting her day started where you know she's it's mostly in the dressing room and then it's like getting out on the floor and how how she sees the men and all that like obviously women are stripping in the background and there's lots going on, but they're never like the focal point of the scene as she walks through the club. They're like things that are going on in the background of the club. It's mm. not like framed as though you should be looking at this woman, um, you know, wearing almost no clothes or whatever. And it's just an, just an interesting like tweak of uh, perspective. Yeah. the Well, the criminal scene as well, um, the way that shot more traditionally is very much from constant Constance Wu's perspective as like, you know, in awe yeah like it's shot in like real kind of Mm -hmm. um 
like awe of this woman. She she wants to be her. She wants to be like her. She admires her, and so that's why it gets more, I think, gazy then because she's like, "Holy crap! Look what she can do. I wish I could do that, and then I would make more money." Mm, exactly, <laughs> um, especially when she's rolling around in all the money. The uh, yeah, very money focused sort of um, stuff as well, and and that kind of classism and the yeah yeah. Well, well it's interesting that because like. The people who really have to focus on money are either the people who have heaps of it or the people who have almost none of it. Mm. You only, you know, if you're somewhere in the middle and you're just doing fine and you're comfortable, as Julia Stiles' character talks about her parents being, you don't have to think about money in the same way. But if you want to, if you're among the super wealthy, like the Wall Street guys or the people who, you know, hustle for a living, mm. that's where you have to think about money. Yeah. Um, the what would you do for a thousand dollars scene. Mm. Um, <laughs> Yep. That was interesting as well. That there has to be like a conscious choice in the way that those mm. interviews are filmed because Julia Stiles is like frequently out of focus, frequently like and the the focus actually shifts a few times like when there's that side view of Julia Stiles, mm. the focus actually shifts on her face um from one area of her face to another area, which is really strange. Whereas every shot of Constance Wu is like really crisp and clear and clean. Yeah. And she's um, had a new haircut in that scene as well. So like she's got this short bob hair. She's wearing like a, that her clothing and hair choices are a lot sharper. Mm. And then the focus is sharper on her. Yeah. But no, through the rest of the movie it's not like people are out of focus. Mm, no. Like everybody's always in focus for the shots. Mm, um mm. unless that, you know, they're very purposefully out of focus because somebody's drugged or whatever. Mm, mm. But Julia Stiles wasn't drugged. No. Nobody was drugged in those scenes. Like and there's a conscious choice to keep her kind of fuzzy and out of focus. And also her like makeup and hair wasn't as good in those scenes as it was in some of the other ones. Um and I I don't know if it's just to try and make a contrast between her and Constance Wu or whether there's some other deeper meaning behind it that I'm missing. So I think there was part part of that because I noticed towards the end like she and Constance Wu have like Constance Wu has like the turned up version of Julia Stiles makeup. So mm. it's a similar tones on their eyes and th- eyeshadows and things like that. They both got eyebrows that are in a similar shape, but like Constance Wu was wearing full coverage foundation and false lashes and um, really big eyeliner and the sort of the trappings of lots of makeup. And then Julia Stiles has got the more sort of natural quote unquote looking makeup. Like she's still wearing similar amounts of makeup, but the foundation's not full coverage and you can see some of her skin and the like, it's all a bit more like toned down, which is, mm. I think it was interesting, but there is a bit of that. There's also, she's lit differently or looks different depending on who she's interviewing for the story. Mm. So the, um, when she interviews um, JLo at her desk, she's like bathed in golden light mm. and her face looks different and the, the blonde in her hair shows up a lot more. Uh, whereas when she's interviewing Constance Wu, it's a cooler tone, like the, bl- the blue toned eye eyeshadow is reflected in the blue tones of the shots. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, the I mean, the tone of that scene was also different. The mm. uh, mm. um, that was a really interesting scene too, as well, to to show who Jennifer Lopez kind of was, and she, you know, we suddenly find out right at the end of this movie that she's actually got two sisters and all this other mm. stuff that we didn't know through the rest of the movie. No, that like. She didn't tell Dorothy. No, um, but she also she learned doesn't seem to have told Dorothy. No, but she's also learned a lot about Dorothy that we don't hear through the movie. Mm. I don't know if she specifically didn't tell her or whether it's just not shown in the film. Or mm. I mean, Dorothy didn't exist. No, um, she's based on a different a person with a different name. So yeah. Um, also, 
There's something about the uh, at the very end of the film, it says what happened to everybody mm-hmm. that also kind of made me go hmm about the movie because it's like oh the two who ended up actually having jail time versus who didn't yeah exactly because <laughs> mm. this movie very much presents Ramona and Dorothy as like the ringleaders yeah um and the other two was you know young foolish girls mm. kind of following yeah in line with them but. Um, the jail time that they actually got was that Ramona got none but was on probation. Dorothy took a deal where she had no jail time. No jail time. But, but she... admitted to felonies. Yeah. Which is Then she has a criminal record. And then the other two girls both got like weekend jail time and all this other mm. stuff. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> that's might... really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, because of course the one of the pivotal scenes at the end is, is Dorothy taking the deal. Mm. But um, – Maybe the other two, you know, couldn't afford the lawyers or whatever. Uh, Ramona lawyered up, and the other and the other two couldn't afford it, or they couldn't, or they didn't have the access to the resources that she had. I don't know. Well, it also makes me wonder. Like, I mean, um, the real woman said that she wasn't like involved and knew about it, and that's why mm. she got brought up on uh, conspiracy charges and not mm. on the actual drugging charges or the theft mm. charges, which is interesting as well. So, I almost kind of feel like. Either they should have like changed that a bit, or they like because it it just doesn't seem to jive with what we saw in the movie. No, and I think there's a few times when that happened for me, mm-hmm. um, where I was just kind of like, this doesn't seem right. Like it's it felt like they'd fictionalized different little bits of it to kind yeah. of you know work for what they were trying to do, yeah. which I found a little bit off putting because it took me out of the movie and it was like I was very engaged with this movie and I was very kind of brought along with it so every time something would happen where I was like huh I'm not convinced that that would have happened it would really bring me out of the movie yeah um and the the inspired by a true events Mm. rather than based on a true story or whatever and it's based on an article that somebody wrote and that's what they bought the rights to and not Ramona's story and yeah and so they fictionalized aspects like giving her a daughter instead of a son and like certain people like Dorothy and stuff like that yeah. I mean, I'm not like a stickler for reality in these kinds mm. of movies, you know. If if it's inspired by a true story, that's fine and all that sort of thing. But, like, don't call my attention to the fact that things probably didn't happen the way that you said they did or give me a, an unreliable un, un, <laughs> unreliable unreliable narrator yeah. um, instead of, like, changing things just a little bit bit and then trying to convince me that other things had happened where I'm like that doesn't seem like that's what happened mm-hmm. um so that I mean for the most part it didn't affect my enjoyment of the film but every so often I was just like mm. yeah and that yeah one of those times was it at the Christmas where they were like look at all these women having fun together and, and all their women daughters and all their daughters and, all yeah. their, and their grandmothers and I'm like none of them had sons None of them had like grandfathers that they wanted to look See, after that, that nobody just, else I didn't even think of it because I'm just yeah, it, it seemed it, – I don't know. I liked that whole sisterhood thing. <coughs> I, I, it's not that I minded that. It was the fact that, like, especially, like, if they had little sons, why does that matter so much? Yeah. Right? Like, why can't they bring them along? It seems very kind of on the nose to have even the children all be girls um, in order to make this – seen happen the mm-hmm. way that it does um yeah not that i like yeah there were still things that i enjoyed in it most especially why ching ho oh yeah yeah who uh plays um destiny's grandmother who also was madame gao on daredevil who's one of my favorite she was great like <laughs> villains on tv ever mm-hmm. um she was so much fun in this movie too yeah she did a great job i really enjoyed her yeah. and her telling her story about how she danced with frankie valley was the best amazing the yeah 
that that scene with Jennifer Lopez is so great. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I just liked it. It just seemed to, you know, I, I liked that whole sisterhood story of it. And I think I was, I was telling you before, I remember reading somewhere once that like, um, when people have children on in on TV and in movies, it's so often a boy. It's like eighty mm. percent of the time a boy, and um, it isn't often daughters. And like I, I don't know, I was fine with it all being matrilineal. The whole like, I mean, clearly that this is something that they've set up. Like the whole world of the strip club, where the older lady who kind of looks after them at the is is mum Mercedes Rule. Yeah, yeah. But I think that sort of thing does happen. Uh, yeah, like, and I think, I think it really does. That's much more realistic to me. It's it, it mm. pulls me out of it when it's like, look at all these children; they're all girls. Mm. Um, and the real the woman that Ramona's based on had a son. Yeah, like they changed that already to be a girl. You know, yeah. so like it just doesn't. It's this kind. It's also this kind of like. I think, especially with children, where you're like, but children are, you know, they're just kids. Yeah, they're, they're innocent as well. They can be part of the sisterhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. They're they're just kids, so it shouldn't really matter that if some of them are boys, but they really mm-hmm. wanted to focus this female narrative, and I understand that. It just yanks me out of the movie really quickly because I'm like, wow, there's even a girl there who isn't like one of the main character's daughters, mm-hmm. but is like some one Someone of the else's other, kid. and she's there too. And you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> like that's that she's just there to make a point at this point. Mm. But I liked the, you know, they're all so excited about their presence and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was cute. Um, Kiki Palmer's reaction to getting the Louboutins was very cute. That was I funny. Thought. Yeah, um, she was hilarious as well. She had a moment later on, you know, when the there's the naked guy, um, who fell which we have roof. to talk about in a minute. Yep. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll come back to the actual meaning of it in a minute. But when they get to the hospital and she doesn't want to go inside and she just goes, no, and then runs off in the heels. I love like the best comedic beat of the whole movie. She was great. I she, she was really great. good. I love Kiki Palmer. But, yeah, she, through the whole movie she was good. But that moment just sealed the deal for me. That was so funny. Mm-hmm. I also actually really liked um Madeline Brewer, who was kind of the – she played Dawn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was kind of the loose canon element yeah, at the end of the film. Yeah, came in later in the film and you can you tell you know that things are going downhill once she arrives. Yeah. Um but she brought this kind of manic energy that was different cuz that it had really settled into a groove at that point. Yeah, and, and they really needed used to, to shake things up mm-hmm. and she was the person that came in and shook things up and she did a really good job of that mm-hmm. and you kind of really bought her like desperation and and all of that stuff and how she kind of the way that she clings to Ramona, because that's what happened mm. with Dorothy as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see the parallels happen there. Yeah, exactly. And Dorothy doesn't see him. No. She's Dorothy's like, stop like, bringing stray ho- strays yeah, home. And- I know. And she's like, and, and we're like, you were the stray. Yeah, exactly. She also has a great line in those moments. I really liked a lot of the writing, actually. Oh, the writing was fantastic. Um, but she Some says. J-Lo's lines. Um, we're doing crime here. Something like we're doing crime here. We oh, we're breaking the law here. We don't want to work with criminals. Yes, that sounds, <laughs> which was really yeah. funny. Um, mm-hmm. And she just doesn't see that how like no. you know how unreasonable and how ridiculous she's being. Yeah, I think she did a really good job of that sort of stuff as well. Like mm. now that she's learned more and become this mm. kind of business person and become very self sufficient. Ramona still has space in her life for other people mm-hmm. and Dorothy kind of doesn't, which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so the naked guy, huh? Yes. There is, as you put it, a man whose entire role in the film is to just be passed out and naked and ha- um, moved around by the women. Yeah. He wakes up at one for at one point for one second and then uh, Kiki Palmer punches him out again. <laughs> oh, God. That was so f- Yeah, with the cops are there, that was so funny. Yeah. So, but um, the – 
Uh, yeah, the the fact that there's a guy in this – it reminded me of Blade Runner 2049, yeah. although this is a much less egregious example, I think, mm. because in that movie they paid a woman to be there naked while Jared Leto, like, stared mm. at her and poured at her and then stabbed her in the womb yeah. because she couldn't make babies, which is – yeah. <laughs> whereas in this one it just is a, like, drugged guy who wanted to jump off a, off a roof. Well, well, I think – yeah, and – I mean, obviously, there are many, many women who have been paid to just be naked and yes. half dead in many, many movies and TV shows across time. But th- what this film does that a lot of those um, examples of whether, you know, just naked women as objects um, is that by the end, when you see the men's stories and you see how the men were drugged and cheated out of their money and how things happened to them, he, that individual guy may not get shown respect as a victim, but the others do. Mm. So I think there's like it sort of evens out in the end there. Yeah. They also actually try and help him, unlike many, many of these other movies. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't seem to be dead or anything. He just seems to be like injured. But yeah, the especially the – I think his name's Doug, the guy at the end of the movie. Yeah, Doug. The kind of resolution with him and like they made this one – very sympathetic victim Mm. but they didn't only show the one sympathetic guy as a victim they also showed the guy who was being really um, aggressive towards lily reinhardt earlier in the movie as a victim of them as well which was Mm. an interesting choice like they didn't just go oh it's bad because they picked on this one guy they also showed him like the police making fun of him yeah and that also leads into another one of my favorite bits which is the detectives are talking to julia styles and they say oh it was so bad none of us ever went back to that club again Mm. like because they had been up until that point. Mm, yeah, exactly. And she just sort of goes, oh, okay. The, all, the, all of the ways that the system and complicity all works together, the men work together, Yeah. Um, even though, you know, they're different classes and different, like, you know, different reasons for doing things. It's- yeah. I mean, th- there's something about that moment, though, as well, that kind of seems to, like, be anti-strip clubs and anti that kind mm. of, like, th- which is an interesting choice well it, it just sort of shows how like at one point going to strip clubs is has, was prevalent in certain types of industries like the police or yeah. wall street or you know banking legal whatever um there are certain types of men or industries where there are lots of men working together where going to a strip club is a bonding activity yeah um, and a lot of that ended with the financial crash as well like the mm. um that's a lot different now with like the whole thing went out of business altogether yeah, well, uh, it's interesting the way they build the economy, um, economic hardships mm. like that the country was going through into this movie as well. Well, yeah, that um, last line of Jennifer Lopez is about this whole country. Uh, yeah. You know, some people are throwing the money, others are doing the dance. Yeah, but at the same time, like they – so, you know, they talk about the Wall Street guys, right? Mm. The Wall Street guys, the Wall Street guys, but the a lot of the guys they were fleecing weren't. No. Like the architect no. wasn't. He was definitely unpleasant, but he wasn't well, a Wall Street guy. They also, beginning, uh, Constance Wu talks about, yeah, so she talks about like the three levels of guy and Doug mm-hmm. seems to be like at that lower level. Yeah. Well, not not just that. Like, well, we don't know what Doug does for a living, no. to be fair. And also when you see but, him at the end, he's in this amazing house. Yes. Well, everybody's in amazing houses. That one, The Constance Wu's house that she's interviewed in by Julia Stiles is beautiful. Yeah. That, yeah. They, you definitely never see them living in, like, run-down, like, places no, or anything like it. Other than Constance when, Wu lives with her grandma. Yeah, but that's a, in a house. Yeah. Like, it's a, you know, she lives with her grandma in her grandma's house, I mm. assume. Yes, and grandma's, hard, like, hard up and they live in mm. Queens, but yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's still, like... Uh, I mean, they were talking about, like, being really broke and everything. Mm. 
And yet Jennifer Lopez's apartment that we see looks like there's never an apartment that doesn't look nice Mm. or decent. I mean, this is in New York in like, but like post financial crash. Mm It would be really hard to find a nice Finding place housing, like so many yeah. of them live in. Well, especially like Constance, we held on to that house in the suburbs. Yeah, all the way through to 2014, when we're not actually sh- we're not actually shown how she's making money now. Yeah, do- doesn't she still live in the same place at the end? Uh, she says she's selling the house when she yeah, talks she's to selling it. Yeah. Julia Styles on the phone, but yeah, and she's living in that nice place. Yeah, it's interesting the mm. the housing situation. Like I would have ex- expected, especially when she was with. The guy who, um, oh, Lily's yeah. dad. That, yeah, that was like the only sort of ordinary apartment. Yeah, but I would have thought that even that would be sketchier than, like, they would mm. at least show. I guess what I'm saying is that we never actually see them being poor mm, no. or like being hard up for money or like the, the point at which they, you know, become desperate enough mm. to do this like we sort of see it a bit with lily reinhardt because she's on her own and she Mm. can't move back but even her place is nice and she has a cat yeah (laughs) you know like she has this nice place that we see her in her home Mm -hmm. and it doesn't look you know it looks pretty all right yeah so i'm like how are you how like did she already have the money when she moved to this place like where is the point at which we get to see these people actually because they they must be hard up for money. They talk about being hard up for money. Where's yeah. the point at which we see them being hard up for money? Like, it just seems to want to kind of gloss over that part. Yeah. And yet that would give us a lot more um, understanding of their motivations and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. It's definitely quite a glossy movie. Yes. That it doesn't get into the gritty sort of nature of the crimes very much. No. And, yeah, a lot of the uh, shopping sprees and all that sort of stuff is shown well, as well. Well, yeah, and, it makes, and, and that makes it sort of – even though these people are sympathetic, they don't look much different from the Wall Street guys buying their fancy shoes and buying their fancy, you know, clothes and things. Yeah. And then that makes it harder to feel – like it makes it easy to feel sorry for the Wall Street guys. Well, even with that, like it, it just would be – easier to feel like to feel sympathy and empathy and all that sort of when stuff you when see we contrast see contrast between their lives yeah, yeah exactly if we saw like when we see the shot of constance Wu on the couch talking to the guy on the phone mm. and he's in the really fancy house i feel like that would have been so much more effective if she was in like a really rundown place and having trouble like buying food for her daughter or whatever mm. is going on with her mm-hmm. so that it doesn't just kind of look like that yeah it, it's just really hard to – like they don't visualize the struggle that they're going through. Yeah, they don't because there's there's too many like fun, flashy montages to be had. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think we should talk about is the soundtrack. <gasps> oh, yeah. Because clearly they put a lot of work into that soundtrack. Like we talked a, a bit about – Yeah, a lot of money. We talked a bit about the Fiona Apple song, mm-hmm. um, Criminal, that um, – Which, yeah, which everyone's talking about about this film, but that is by no means the only musical cue. No, there's a lot. There's the Britney bitch one, um, but yes. also Control by Janet Jackson, mm-hmm. where they like switch who's got the power and then, you know, mm-hmm. th- there's Control. One of my favorites, and I don't know the song, is when I think it's the first guy that they drugged mm-hmm. together with Constance Wu. Not. Yeah. Wait, well, before Constance Wu, maybe. Um, yeah. And there's this song that plays that's like. 
a guy that isn't really he's sort of speak singing yes and it's very loud and it's very like much in your face kind of a thing the the story he's telling is very similar to this guy yeah and i thought that was a really interesting song choice Mm. um that was because that was so in your face they do a lot of stuff with sound in this movie actually which is why it was so frustrating that our cinema for some reason had some problem with the speakers Mm. and like especially constance Wu's voice was like fuzzy yeah, the whole movie, yeah, it and it was driving me nuts. Because they do this really cool thing at the end where Dawn has sold them mm. out and she wears a wire where the sound is um, the, the recording. police recording playing underneath and um, it's really clever, really yeah. clever bit of sound editing. And we don't hear like the diegetic sound of the scene and mm. stuff and then the other women's voices are softer because they're not wearing the wire. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah, and, um, they, they, turn, yeah, and they turn the songs and sound on and off. Yeah. As they need to. There's also a moment when um, Constance Wu turns off the the recorder mm-hmm. that Julia Stiles is using yep. for the interview and uh, and then the sound cuts out mm-hmm. and doesn't start back up again until Julia Stiles is Ooh, outside. I, I think that's why her voice sounds fuzzy, like because when it's in voiceover it's meant to sound like it's been on the recording. I don't I don't think so. It's fuzzy through the whole thing. I'm fairly certain there was a problem with speakers because some of the songs were off as well. Yeah. Um, when they had the um, scenes that were in the um, – dressing room yep the speaker would go fuzzy when certain people were like oh, yeah, speaking okay. at the same time yeah so I'm, I'm fairly certain that the sound was just bad in our cinema it was really driving me nuts <laughs> it's like really frustrating for me mm. um but it seemed to especially be on constance Wu's like particular voice yeah and not on jennifer lopez's which yes. was interesting <laughs> yeah well like jennifer lopez is like glowing in this she's 11 feet tall yeah and like Oh, yeah, the synchronized walks that they do every time oh that God, they're amazing. gonna look go and like find a new mark mm. with um Jennifer Lopez in front and then Constance Wu and mm. whichever of the other girls didn't pick up the mark behind was yeah. great. I I mean I don't know how how tall like Jennifer Lopez is in relation to Constance Wu, but she's short enough and she's also shot like perspective wise. It's yeah. all very Lord of the Ringsy and like she's standing in you see she's standing in front or like elevated or whatever and she looks enormous so that you can actually physically see how Constance. We looks up to her. Yeah. Um, I think Constance Wu also is quite short. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Um, well, even just from thinking about, like, crazy rich Asians and stuff, mm. she seems yeah short. Um, I'll look it up. But, yeah, yeah that was um, – that was definitely a choice. Mm. I also was very excited to see Lizzo in this movie. That was just yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for everyone, um, she's wonderful. And yeah, there were so many people in this in the screening that when she showed up, everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah." And it's nice, like, because yeah, you know, strippers have different body types. It's you know, might have different kinds of people in there, but also she's Lizzo, so it's amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah. and she has like she's so vibrant and energetic and mm. fun in every single moment that she's in. Yeah. Um, but she is actually introduced playing the flute, which is pretty hilarious. Um, hilarious. Cause then everybody immediately knew who she was too. Mm. Yeah. And then it also features um, Cardi B who I c- couldn't remember. Like I didn't quite know who she was. I knew it was somebody famous though, because just because of the way the performance was like turned up just a sync, just a touch out of sync with everybody else. And she was just slightly louder and slightly more out there than I'd, um, Expected, but she's very much. They both kind of have small, like stunt casting parts early on. So, so I think to add a bit of vibrancy to the room. Yeah. Well, Cardi B. Um, she's also supposed to be kind of a bitch. Cardi B is to every yeah, yeah. to the others. Um, she also. Um, there's you know people have been mentioning that it's kind of problematic. Um, oh, she's five foot four, so she's not that short. Mm. Constance Wu. Um, 
it's kind of problematic that Cardi B was cast in this movie, given that she actually did this. Um, she has spoken about drugging men and stealing their money when she was a stripper. And so, yeah, like, do you then put her in a movie where she's doing that same thing mm. without consequences? Like, yeah. I don't know, but, um, and you know, you've got to take into account all of the like class structures and things like that. Yep. But at the same time, like this is criminal activity. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, the and they're putting in a movie her in a movie yeah. where that's happening. And the economics of, of stripping and the people who end up stripping and mm. and who is attracted to it as um, work. Yeah. yeah, um, and also Trace Lysette or Lysette, who was in this movie, mm. the one with ha- that was having all the boyfriend problems. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, used to be a stripper as well. All oh, right, okay, um, yeah, that was a good one. That one. <laughs> That I I just like that going on in the background where she's like got this you know civilian boyfriend who's dropping her off at the club and he can't cope with it. I, that was just a great little like backstory of what the world is like for strippers and yeah. how things are for them. And she's a trans actress as well. She was you know fine. Yeah, yeah. but again, I just like, like that little sto- that little storyline of like how the real world interacts with them was good because it it also reminded it was like when um when Constance Wu's character goes to apply for a retail job later yeah. on, even though she spent all this time doing customer service, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's an interesting. Like, And then she goes, you know, you need retail experience. And, and Constance Wu's like, how do I get retail experience without retail experience? Which is a great question. Um, yeah, absolutely. Although I was I was sitting there going like, but you have so much experience serving customers. And yeah. yeah. But of course, she's like, you can't, you know, say that you're a stripper because people will look down on you. Yes. That stigma. But she says um, mostly bartending. And I was like, why don't you go for a hospitality job? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think there was like th- that was to show that there was stigma mm. against her as well. Yeah. And then she goes back into stripping, and they're all Russians and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's not, and they're all like not just stripping, but actually sex working. And yeah. But yeah, uh, how long have we been going for? Do we want to say anything else? Thirty-seven minutes. There's somebody here who wants to say something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she has strong thoughts. There was a baby in the screening that we went to. Was, actually, there was. was. Take your baby to the movies, everybody. Yeah. Um, I I don't think mine would have been as quiet as the baby in the screening. Oh no! Control is the very first song that we hear in the movie. Mm. Uh, clearly, because I've put that on t- in my notes. Oh okay. Yeah. That shot of uh, Ramona lounging on the rooftop in fur at the beginning oh, of the movie is so great. My God, yes. And then you know, come under my fur and all. Yeah. Oh yeah, that. That stuff. whole that whole scene, yeah. Um, um, Which we didn't even talk about the the um, homoeroticism. Yeah, well, of I mean, the women's it's a, relationships. This is like a much like a lot of these movies. It is a you know meet cute romantic drama mm. between, but set filmed very much that way and set up very much that way. But between mm. you know friends, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's that scene of all the Usher ego stroking as well. Yeah, and played Usher plays himself, yes. Yeah. Visiting the club. But also when she um sells the operation to Const- when Ramona sells the operation to Constance Wu, she says something that made me write the note drug the rich oh. instead of like eat, eat the, the rich. rich. Yeah. <laughs> um which I thought was mm. entertaining. Yeah, that's right. These guys are all on coke and yeah. Yeah. 
I thought there was something neat. Like, there's a lot of single take stuff in this, mm, like those Goodfellas sort of, of stuff. Yep. And there's one where Ramona comes through a curtain where I saw a sneaky cut oh, happen. Oh, uh, yes, I, there is. I saw a sneaky cut in the opening one. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a couple of really sneaky cuts that yep. I thought were neat. Yeah, yeah. No, I did see that. Well, Ramona and the curtain is a good bit too. Like, the you know, Ramona going in and out of the private elevator and the yeah. private room and the champagne Because well, I don't think that room is actually in the same no, it's, it's up. No, it's not the same set, and it's up clearly upstairs from the mm. club, and it's like a special high rollers room or whatever. Yeah, there's a really weird scene. There's the really weird scene as well is when um when Dorothy drops her daughter off at school with blood on her shirt. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, you couldn't have like chain run into your house, which is across the road from, and quickly changed and like changed shirts. Like your daughter might be five minutes late, but you wouldn't be showing up with actual blood on your shirt. And it, it seemed like people were whispering about her because, and she like pulls her top down a little. I'm like, that's not the problem, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like it is definitely the fact that you are walking to school with blood all over your short shirt. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was weird. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Bubby, go see daddy. She's just, you know, Chiming in. Yep, that's right. She wants to see a movie about strippers. She's a hustler. Yeah. Well, you know, she can join the other baby who saw it today. Yeah, that's right. So do we want to give it a rating? Sorry, yes, ratings. Um, Yeah, I will give it – actually, I'm going to give it four stars. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm going to give it four stars as well. I think it was really good. Um, I don't think it's like – the best movie that I've seen this year. Um, oh, no, but no. Really good, um, really good technical stuff and um, I'm – rooting for jennifer lopez because she was so good in this movie and if anyone's like worked hard enough and earned it mm. it's j-lo like she really has she she is a hustler yeah and i she, also thought constance will was great in this i did too yeah mm. i thought she was I, and i was gonna say i said to you in the car and i didn't actually get to talk about it but i think the this type of role is much better for her than what they cast her in as in crazy rich mm. asians this is a lot more like her jessica from fresh off the boat role there's an edge to her yeah there's um like she's a lot more um I know I just I like her a lot more in that. There's more for her to do as well. Yeah, well, I think that part of the problem with Crazy Rich Asians is that the character is so bland. Well, yeah, she's like this ingenue of like uh, that they that they just sort of project the um the reader onto basically or the the viewer onto. Yeah, and I think like if you've got somebody like Lily Reinhardt, maybe mm. or somebody like that in that role where it's just like all you know wide eyes and mm. and cuteness, um, but Constance Wu isn't that. She's like, yeah. you know. Well, actually, someone else who was in Crazy Rich Asians, Aquafina, could do that quite well, like be the audience surrogate. True. Um, but yeah. I really want to see The Farewell. Um, yeah. It was done by the time I actually managed to get around to it. Mm. But, yeah, um, she – it just seems like she's got more to say than that because mm. that's a role with nothing to say. Yeah. It, and, it, it's 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 got a lot to do with that. I think the, yeah. those um, Jessica and this are better roles for um, her. Yeah, and she has kind of got sharp edges and and yeah. can really kind of show you that as mm. well as playing cuteness and all that. But it is, I think, part of it is just that it's such a nothing role, and you really have to be like a very kind of charismatic um, person to pull char- it off. Yeah, charismatic, and not necessarily like the greatest actor, but just have a lot of you know charisma and and be able to just be cute a lot yeah bring people along with you yeah yeah anyway uh thank you very much for listening to the silver screen queens podcast if you would like show notes or old episodes they're on our website silverscreenqueens.com and if you would like to find us on social media we're at screen underscore queens on twitter and facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens thank you for listening bye bye